One thing that we've always had in mind with printers thing was that there was no shortage of technical discussion happening. Right? I guess maybe our common ground is that we all kind of have a pretty broad definition of what can be print. Print surrounds us in the world. It's a, it's a, it's a really relevant form of communication. You know, whether you're thinking of it in the art world context or just popular culture, it's, it's all around us. Just bring, like, put a spotlight on that um, and sort of share it with other maybe practitioners of print. But then, you know, just trying to make people maybe outside of the print community aware of the relevance of, of it. Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 150th episode, we're excited to have the founders of Printeresting on. So we'll be joined by Jason Urban, Amzie Emmons, who is returning to the podcast, and R.L. Tillman. And they're going to tell us all about Printeresting. You've heard a little bit already, and we'll find out more about their upcoming project, Ghost, which launches October 7th. And you can check out Printeresting.org to find out more information there. And if you're not sure what Studio Break is, it is a blog and podcast. We feature a variety of different artists. They come on. We share all sorts of insight into their studio practice. And you can listen to the interviews on studiobreak.com as well as iTunes. So please check it out there. Once again, we are on Facebook, so please like our page. You can follow us on Tumblr. And, of course, you can tweet us at Studio Break. So with that out of the way, here is our interview with Printeresting. Stay tuned. Welcome to Studio Break. I am very excited to be joined by the founders of Printeresting. How's everyone doing? Very good. Good. And today we do have a panel of three guests, so perhaps we should take a second to just kind of introduce everyone, and you can tell us uh, where you're from and what's going on. Uh, okay. Uh, my name is Amzie Emmons. I'm based in Philadelphia. Uh, I'm a artist, arts writer, curator, member of Printeresting, uh, and also uh, I teach uh, printmaking at Tyler University. I'm Robert Tillman, and I am, uh, do most of the things that Amzie just said, uh, except I, I don't teach at Tyler. I teach at a school called Maryland Institute College of Arts in Baltimore, Maryland. And my name is Jason Urban. Um, I'm based in Austin, Texas. So I'm like the only non-Mid-Atlantic member of Printeresting. Um, and yeah, I think their CVs are very similar to mine, only substituting the University of Texas at Austin for you know their various schools. I guess it makes sense to just kind of start uh, at the beginning. Obviously, you'll be talking about this new project, which will be launching Ghost, but I want to start out just by kind of getting some more information. So does anybody want to take it in terms of uh, where did uh, where did this all begin, uh, the idea? Again, I know that maybe some of you had gone to graduate school, but... So the three of us met at the University of Iowa um, in the fall of 1999 with, with the Y2K crisis looming, the three of us... Uh, formed a, a friendship. Um, we all graduated and went our separate ways. And a few years later, just felt there was an opportunity to have a conversation that we, we were having in graduate school, but to do it online and to do it in a public forum that maybe other people could participate in. Yeah. We started Printeresting, I think, to some extent without any expectation of 
there being an audience for what we were doing. We were mostly kind of taking an ongoing conversation that we had been having and sort of moving it into a kind of public forum. And the, I think the project grew over the last seven years uh, in large part to the way uh, it interacted with the um, existing print community and the way it brought together elements of the graphic design and, um, I don't know, larger fine art world. And so what's it like kind of starting this and, and kind of coordinating it were you all kind of separate at the time, geographically separate? Yeah, we were. Uh, I think in in a lot of ways, the effort to start Printresting was born out of some interest in just continuing a conversation that we weren't able to have with each other uh, since we were geographically distributed. And I think for a number of years after graduate school, we had been sending silly or interesting emails back and forth and that activity we could kind of continue continue in, a, in an online format that other people could see. I think it makes sense, right? Artists tend to kind of be all about maybe a particular media, or at least some artists. Um, and certainly, you know, when you think of, when at least I think about printmaking, I think of, you know, all the different kind of facets to it. Is there, I don't know, a particular thing that you all kind of share in terms of just the way that you see kind of printmaking you know, being an important media that, I don't know, is, is was it just that opportunity to kind of really expose people to that media that maybe a lot of people didn't know about? You know, maybe it gets lost a little bit or something like that? One thing that we've always had in mind with Printer's Thing was that there was no shortage of technical discussion happening. Right? I guess maybe our common ground is that we all kind of have a pretty broad definition of what can be print. Print surrounds us in the world. It's a, it's a, it's a really relevant form of communication. You know, whether you're thinking of it in the art world context or just popular culture, it's it's all around us. Just bring, like, put a spotlight on that um, and sort of share it with other maybe practitioners of print. But then, you know, just trying to make people maybe outside of the print community aware of the relevance of of it. I would say uh, I would completely agree with what Jason said. And, and another way to think about it was that it was kind of a land grab. Like, I think um, printmaking... Uh, within its own community uh, had had become more or less like Jason said, kind of hermetically interested in technical conversations about print and then printmaking outside of its own community in the larger, larger fine art world had really been sequestered to um, print publishing, uh, which is a kind of uh, way in which artists who don't normally make prints uh, produce them largely for a market. And I think we were interested in claiming a lot more that was happening as part of the discourse in printmaking. Could you talk maybe just a little bit about the the process of how people wind up contributing, you know, different works or shows or any kind of things that might be kind of covered on printeresting? How did how did all that kind of come about in terms of like curating it as a you know, as its own kind of entity? Was it something where you guys were initially just taking on the responsibility of, you know, curating all the content? Did you wind up inviting people to contribute what's that process like in, in terms of how that evolved i think that uh initially it was just the three of us and eventually once we recognized that we had an audience certain people came to us and asked us to cover material or brought things to our attention and, and we would kind of fold them into the pool of contributors ultimately i think that when when it was just the three of us 
the tone was maybe a little less formal and as the as the project gained a lot more eyeballs um it became a bit more of a sort of journalistic endeavor and so we kind of needed more people in more places to to cover the scope of what we were trying to do but ultimately i think still the three of us remained the primary voices in terms of what was and wasn't being covered on the site i think web the web has brought the word curator to the fore in many ways like people are constantly curating their profiles you know their online profiles or they're you know curating you know a selection of images on tumblr and sort of choosing what they like and what they don't like and trying to relate those things and i think that the the site from the beginning had a curatorial aspect to it, right? Because you're choosing what you're sharing. Um, and I think, you know, from there, like the, the real world projects just kind of came pretty naturally. I think that, you know, invitations came to us as, as, as people became more aware of what we were doing, you know, we were invited. Um, I think our first curatorial project one every day was, you know, the EFA Michelle Levy at, at the EFA um, space reaching out to us just to see if we wanted to do something in conjunction with Print Week in New York. A lot of that stuff evolved really naturally. We were always open, and I think we continue to be really open to just interesting opportunities. Well, and so just because I want to kind of cover the scope of what Print Arresting's done, why don't you all kind of maybe talk about maybe three instances or you could kind of cherry pick three instances that maybe highlights uh, the scope of what, what you've done there and, and what people have contributed. We, we were sort of doing about three or four different things very well. Uh, we were writing about uh, things that were happening in the art world, the design world, in technology, in the academic printmaking world, um, and just sort of forming a much bigger kind of conversation and also kind of a, a clearinghouse for reviews and exhibitions and things that just weren't getting covered elsewhere. Uh, we were also producing, uh, and, and, you know, quote unquote curating exhibitions and events and projects around the country, three or four a year at, at kind of our busiest moment. And I think probably the thing to do would be to have Robert describe copy jam. Cause we often look at that as a model of, of kind of a perfect meeting of, of our, of our kind of ethos and, and kind of doing something in the real world. The copy jam is a great, a great example. It was a lot of fun. We uh, did it twice and it's sort of a, the, the model is that there's a one time only exhibition of artworks and in some cases, text pieces that have been curated by us. Uh, they hang on a wall in a grid and there's, numbers and letters that you can use to access that grid and, and to, to refer to these pieces that are on the wall. And then people who entered the space, whatever, whatever space the exhibition is being staged in, receive a ticket when they come into the space. And they can ultimately exchange that ticket for one uh, photocopy of uh, any one of the artworks that's hanging on the wall. And we make the photocopy live. We take the ticket, we pull the object off the wall, and we, we photocopy it. And the thing that was really fun about that model was even though the photo, the, what these people were receiving was just a black and white photocopy of this, this artwork that was on the wall, people were really engaged. They spent a lot of time at the show, probably spent 
you know, I would say five or six times more time than they would normally spend looking at, at an individual artwork um, in any kind of gallery or museum context because they had some sort of skin in the game. They had, they had an investment, even though uh, that investment was free. Uh, we gave them the ticket uh, that enforced scarcity of only being able to take home this one memento. However, crummy a photocopy is, that memento was, was enough to, to get people really engaged with the process of looking. And so I think that's, a, that's an example of kind of an alternative model for how we frame exhibitions. We've done other, I think, excellent traditional exhibitions as well in traditional exhibition venues. I think that we like it the most when we can put some kind of a, a spin on things that is a bit of a, an alternative to the traditional way of showing things. I mean, Amzi mentioned the word ethos, and I think that you know these, there have been these three core things that have, have sort of directed us or guided us as we've been working. And it, I don't know that it was all that formal initially, but over time things start to become, you know, emerge as our interest. And I think, you know, the idea of, of research being at the core of what we do, like learning new things and sort of investigating and then community and collaboration, I think have been really at the core. So like any exhibition is an opportunity to take these online relationships we've made and, and make them more concrete, make them more, you know, like maybe something rather than just like sharing something that someone has already done, giving someone an excuse to make something new. Um, and then just to, as a chance to sort of maybe put our own egos aside and negotiate these different situations. I think, you know, the three of us, I mean, we're, we we're prone to saying like that, that, you know, the, the, the sum is greater than the, the parts, you know, like, I think that we, have done some interesting things because we're working together and things that maybe we wouldn't have done otherwise. And listening to you talk about that just makes me think of how jealous I am uh, <laughs> in that sense that you all have that kind of like print community, even if you're not kind of together. I think it's interesting even just the way that that kind of spirals out into that digital world. And then also the way that you're talking about kind of pulling it all back together. And I would say that, you know, we all have our own individual studio practices and I think, you know, there have been times when print arresting has like, you know, for moments like forced that to the back burner, but it always comes back. Right. So we all have like our own studio practice and print arresting is just kind of a, it's sort of like teaching, right? It's like another outlet. It's another way to have that, you know, community interaction, but it's something different than a classroom. Would, would you agree that like the, the project has kind of changed your, your own interests and, and what you all explore separately in your studio practice? It's definitely true for me. Me too. Absolutely. I, I would agree with that as well. I think it's also become such an important part of my professional activity that it's almost hard to separate the two for me in terms of the way that I think and the way that I, the things that I'm interested in and the things that I want to make, I spend so much time thinking about for interesting and, and working on it. it. It really, in some, in, in some months, it actually will, any given week or month, it might actually supplant the time I would normally spend in, in the studio making objects. I think I've always had a bit of a, an inclination to have a pretty open-ended inquiry as a, as a creative person. It's been a little less focused on sitting down and making objects personally 
Um, but it's, it's kind of hard for me to separate the thinking that happens for print dressing and the thinking that happens in the studio at this point after, you know, uh, seven and a half years. And so was that kind of copy jam exhibition that we were talking about earlier, that interactive kind of style where people could kind of investigate something in a real world context, a real experience context. Is that kind of what led to this new project ghost? I think there was a sense that emerged as a consensus that what we were doing as a journalistic endeavor with the art blog had for us kind of run its course. Um, and that we had established, I guess more or less organically evolved a thesis, uh, done a pretty good job over the course of seven years of proving that thesis, and that much of what we were continuing to do on a daily basis running the blog was reiterating that thesis. Um, And because we're all very busy uh, and because print dressing has always been exclusively a volunteer operation for us, um, you know, we ultimately decided if we were going to continue to collaborate and enjoy the fruits of the, the putting our three heads together, we wanted to do something a little bit, a little bit different and maybe a little more challenging. Um, and so we spent a good amount of time researching what it was that we had accomplished and how we had done things, speaking with professionals in the field and trying to establish a new mission statement for ourselves um, because what we didn't want to do was to simply stop blogging with some kind of vague promise that we would continue to work together. Um, What we wanted to do was to evolve from what we had done and take a next step, something that could be sustainable for another seven years or even longer. I I would just add to that that Outside of our own kind of concerns, the, I think the world has changed in the way people sort of participate in things and the things uh, an audience uh, gets excited and galvanized about participating in has changed in the seven years that, that we've been working on printer resting. Uh, when we first started, an art blog was kind of a novel thing and, and reading content online was an interesting way to connect to a much larger community. Uh, a lot about how people do stuff online has kind of changed and also calcified. And I think part of what we thought about with ghost was an, another way to connect with the audience that we'd established that seemed more relevant and more interesting to us, but hopefully to them too. I do think that we had sort of like used the, the blog format thoroughly and sort of explored it and tried different things and really sort of used that, fully for seven years. And I think the idea of developing some new challenges, a new system, you know, Robert alluded to like the, the busyness of life. And as you, you have more and more commitments, um, you know, in a way it's sort of like the site is a victim of its own success because all of us are like, have more commitments in part because of printer resting. And so I think the idea that there might be some new way, some different way to like sort of approach content delivery was really important to us. And just, you know, for our own sake to just kind of shake things up and, you know, not just be in a static place where we're repeating what we've already done. 
And so in all the talk about, you know, what we would do and how we would take the strengths that we had developed in, through uh, our previous collaborations and how we'd apply them in the future, we, we ultimately came to decide that, you know, the, the, the sort of daily model of delivering content through a blog was, was not going to work. And, and so we've evolved to this new model of, of delivering the kind of content that we've become accustomed to, to working about, but that would be a lot more deliberate and would gear, be geared towards a, an annual model that would be thematically based. Um, and in a way, it would sort of wrap up everything that we had done over the course of the last seven years on occasion on sort of an ad hoc basis, exhibitions, art projects, publications, blogging, and everything would be thematically linked and we would launch it all at once. In a way, this would be an ability for us to, would give us the ability to go deeper um, and a lot of this that we wrote about in the last months of, of, of blogging and, and one of the posts that we wrote was really talking about these kind of core values that we had established. And this is really a, a chance for us to go deeper on those core values, um, spend a lot more time working on things. Um, so that's kind of the broad idea is that we were going to have this central focus around a publication, a print publication that was curated by us and a website that would uh, both advertise that publication but also supplement that publication in terms of content. There would be a content that would appear online exclusively, content that would be referential to what was happening in the publication. There would simultaneously be events, art events, that would be autonomously curated by, by independent affiliates, and those could happen all over the country, then also we would be able to uh, kind of communicate with people about all this activity online using the platform of the, of the website. So everything, it's very experimental, and you know, to some extent we don't know exactly how it's going to come together this next October, but we're, we're really excited about it, and I, th- I think it's going to be pretty great and a little different than anything I've seen happen um, anywhere. We're laying this out right from the beginning as an annual event. So while we haven't announced a theme for next year, the, the idea is that when this wraps up, we can slowly begin building toward another like annual event. And so I think this year will be potentially like this, like will help steer what happens next year based on what's successful and what, what's interesting. And maybe um, as people see what happens this year, maybe next year, like, although we've been, we've been really happy with the response and people interested in being participating this year, the hope is maybe next year would be something like there might be more people or if nothing else, different people. Well, and I think you, you've all kind of brought up interesting points, but especially to me is just, you know, like there's so much information, you know, so much about, you know, art blogs or show reviews or even podcasts at this point. Again, I'm, I'm kind of surprised to like just how many formats and forums there are so when you kind of talk about that idea it it seems to me again that like you can really kind of explore whatever that that thematic kind of idea is and really kind of make it something that's really i guess a bit more powerful than kind of just kind of contributing to that i don't know that steady stream of you know what we kind of come across every day so again it's interesting to me to think about also i don't know the way that you're all trying to kind of consciously change that and, and move it in a different direction. 
I think that that's, that's very perceptive and, and certainly was a huge part of our conversations and deciding to, to move on was that there's so much content and, and so much of the content is, no matter how good it is, is, is ultimately disposable. Um, and we thought if, uh, if we were contributing to that, uh, to some extent we would be helping, but not as much as we could as if we really spent some time working on something. And so I think it's, it's really, it is somewhat responsive to that daily onslaught of material that comes at all of us and, you know, thinking about how we can do things in a, in a much more deliberative way. Yeah. I mean, while we're not officially like have ever like framed ourselves as like being like participating in the slow movement, I think we're very consciously opting out of the daily kind of daily update online life where, you know, for, I think there was definitely a time while we didn't start the site being worried about traffic and, you know, I don't think any of us ever worried about it. There was a time where we sort of paid attention. And I think the idea that like, what I think the, the most successful websites um, are definitely driven by page views and like sort of keeping eyes on them all the time. I think we're interested in something really different from that. That's not what we've ever been motivated by. And I think that has become more important online, I think, than, than ever. And I think that we're just sort of rejecting that in a lot of ways. Well, and it makes me think just, you know, just kind of as an artist, I mean, you know, this is something that like a decade ago might have been, you know, a totally different kind of resource. And so you know, just kind of like the whole online community, all sorts of tools and all sorts of things that, you know, kind of help kind of spread the word. But I think just that that ability to kind of, I don't know, bring people to a space or kind of involve people in a new project. I mean, it seems like that's ultimately like what artists are are kind of driven by more than, you know, like Jason, you'd said, like clicks or, you know, getting that 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 I don't know, that special content that everybody's going to come in and check it out and then tune out, you know. I don't know. There's a certain amount of fatigue from all of the information that's available online all the time. And I think uh, particularly as, as people who make things and artists who like working with other artists, uh, kind of reinvesting in these sort of like local sites of activity is a really interesting idea. Whether it's whether you're talking about printmaking or, I don't know, any other kind of uh, small corner of the art world, it's made up of these sort of decentralized communities and and any kind of activity that sort of activates them, but also threads them into a larger conversation, I think can only result in something that's very interesting. And so with the kind of like unraveling of all this, are you guys going to essentially just kind of, how do you decide what, what's going to work? I mean, is it really literally like a, a trial and error process in the sense of you're going to launch, you know, this year's annual, you know, thematic based, um, you know, push and then see what shakes out and see what you need to change as it kind of goes on. It, it, it occurs to me that as we're talking about this, it's almost like printer resting is like a, a artistic practice in and of itself, right? Oh, I absolutely think that's true. And I don't know if we've gotten so far as to figure out how we'll assess it. I think, I think we had some notion that like moving this annual format would, would free <laughs> up time in some way. And I feel like, 
the only difference is no one sees all the work we're doing now. Um, but hopefully they, they will. Um, I think, you know, like Robert laid out, I mean, we are putting out a publication. We're having a, a launch party at the print center. I should know the date off the top of my head, but I don't, it's uh, October maybe 6th or 5th, I don't seventh. Know. seventh. I was very close, <laughs> but so, the, you know, our friends at the print center are kind enough to kind of host a, uh, an event related, um, where we'll have be showcasing, um, some hard copies of the publication. We're doing a limited edition of a hundred. We've been working with Trisha Tracy and, um, Ashley John Pigford, um, of the Vista Sands wood type project. They've been our design team. And so they've been fantastic, um, in terms of putting together this, this publication with our feedback. And so, um, there's the hard copy limited edition, but then there's a print on demand version. And then uh, again, as Robert mentioned, like there's numerous events that are going to be happening really around the country, a few international events that hopefully we'll be sharing on the, on the website. And it all leads up to like a finale at the grant at the, uh, Editions and Artist Book Fair in New York in early November, and that'll be kind of the closing date of the project. I think we could say that, you know, uh, this year's theme, Ghost, has been really rich in terms of the explorations and some of the things that uh, you'll see in this publication that we've developed are preposterous and some are really, uh, are some really intellectually challenging and and there's a lot to it and i think we were conscious of that when we chose the theme but i don't think i really understood exactly what we were going to be able to to accomplish through this thematic model you know i i spent a good portion of my summer researching ghosts and um the the role of uh, sort of the supernatural and learning a lot about something that i really had never thought about before you know we chose the the term ghost because it has certain specific technical uh implications for print practice you know for anybody who doesn't know anything about printmaking if you take a matrix uh wood block or copper plate or or any other sort of printing surface and and you print from it usually you're going to be applying ink directly to the to that surface immediately before printing if you've printed from a surface and then you take another print without reapplying ink, there's going to be some trace or residue of the ink left behind. And so a second print uh, that's going to be pulled is going to have less ink on it. And it's going to be kind of a faint echo of what was there before. So it's called a ghost. And so this theme that we chose, this just single word we chose because of that connection, but also because sort of tongue in cheek, you know, we've ended this blog and so now this project is kind of like a ghost of what we were doing before. Um, but we also knew that just metaphorically, there were a lot of directions that artists and writers could go if we gave them that theme, ghost. So exploring some of that history and some of the, the cultural production that relates to ghosts and some, some of the work that we'll be showcasing online is you know, uh, very specifically relevant to, to that theme. Um, and I think it's going to be it's going to be really interesting for people to see all the different kinds of connections, connections that you might not even expect to be made between you know, uh, ancient history, but also modern technology. You know, I, I, I never had any doubts about the, the thematic model, but I really didn't understand um, 
how useful it would be to focus our energies intellectually around this one uh, prism, you know, because I think that this really is, I mean, it hasn't happened yet, so I shouldn't say this, but I think it's really probably the best thing we've ever done. And, and I think that has something to do with the fact that we did take a narrower perspective for a little while. Yeah, I think everything we did on the site prior has been so kind of universal. Like we do, you know, like I think we've all had our own interests and we've, interestingly, like I feel like we always function sort of like splinter cells where we had kind of a a general mission plan and everyone kind of went about it in their own way and sort of there was communication, but there was also, you know, a lot of working on your own and sort of just sharing what you did. And I think this project has forced us all to really like, work together in a much more focused way Isn't that I think the, go the ahead. description makes me think of Voltron. <laughs> I think that's pretty accurate. <laughs> well, but, but I was going to say like, especially to hear you all talk about it, it, it also kind of makes me again, kind of want to unpack what we've been talking about already, which is essentially just again, that we kind of get uh, like little glimpses into these different kind of worlds and again for me just kind of talking to a lot of different artists you know artists sometimes get very you know just focused on maybe like a certain area or you know it becomes part of their studio practice so i think it's interesting to kind of frame it in that context where you're all going to kind of explore this research component or you know what can what can i add to this and then kind of keep the the ball rolling and i think again it kind of really just removes that short kind of look that you get again, like we talked about maybe from, you know, just looking at a show review where, you know, you got some images, you got some idea of what it's about as opposed to just really like diving into like a specific subject or a specific, like specific topic and how many different layers it might have. It, it kind of makes me almost think of like, like the frenzy that there was last year with uh, the serial podcast, the way that like everybody just kind of devoured that as a very interesting kind of like, I don't know, sub-genre something or i don't know well i think um whether whether we're responding to the moment in culture in which we live or we're or we're trying to like um i don't know harness it in some way i think i think uh a more uh intense and intentional focus on on maybe a smaller idea or a more focused idea i mean i think a lot of people are kind of overwhelmed i mean uh, internet culture has provided sort of hot and cold running, you know, edutainment for, for a couple decades now. And I think people's attention span are sort of overwhelmed. All of it becomes sort of traffic at a certain point. And, and for us to, to intentionally try to slow it down and draw in people into a really specific conversation, I think has a, has it a, an appeal in much the same way the serial podcast did. It's just like, uh, Focus, I think, is a good way to think about it. I never listened to that podcast. <laughs> Neither did I. Although it it did happen like maybe a mile and a half from where I live, that that uh, the incident that the serial podcast was based on. I, I only listened to Studio Break. <laughs> I, I appreciate that, of course. But well, no. I again, I I just think it's interesting just to kind of um, I don't know think about that, and and especially to kind of go back to like where we started in this conversation, because again, I think a lot of the things that you you kind of talk about, you know, get expanded on as as we're kind of approaching. 
I don't know. Is there is there anything that we've kind of glossed over or things that we've kind of missed out on that you want people to know about? And I guess maybe one thing that I can think of is just, you know, is this something that you're you're asking people to participate or is this something where you're all three of you kind of acting as the, the organizers for this and just kind of running running it, if you will? If you... That's a great question. I think we are we're definitely asking people to participate and there's a lot of different ways someone could choose to do it. Uh, Over the course of the month, you could just go to the website and see the new things that are popping up and see the kind of activities that are happening around the country. And if there's something near you, you know, maybe you'll decide to go to it. But uh, we also know that there are like classes that are kind of organizing projects around uh, the, the ghost during the month and, and artists in, in kind of different places organizing exhibitions or events. I mean, we're, we're really interested in, in letting the community that's sort of watching the event also participate in it as it's occurring. Yeah, I think anyone, anyone who does a project they think might be relevant is more than welcome to reach out and share that with us. Some people, a lot of people have reached out to us already. I mean, I, I think right now, like, some of the places that projects will be happening, Chicago, Kansas City, where else? Where am I, where am I forgetting? San Francisco, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, um, St. Louis, uh, a project in Italy, a project in London. And so exactly what form each of those projects will take, we're not, we're not even totally sure. Um, people contacted us, sort of pitched us an idea like, would this fit? And we you know, we agreed and, and sort of we'll, we'll be waiting to get in more information from them. So even w- we're not completely sure. So while we're managing it, we're not, it's not like we're micromanaging it. Well, uh, you know, like Robert said, there'll, there'll be some content that we're going to put online that, you know, if for no other reason than like literally we couldn't get the rights to reproduce it in a publication, but you know, the, the online world is so much more, exist in so much more of a gray place where we can share things by artists that are kind of out of reach for us. But that said, there are nine, I think, really interesting artists that are going to be, their work is going to be featured in the ghost publication. Then there's a number of artists that we've contacted who are doing something like a, like special for the, for the publication. And, and where's the, the best place for people to, to find out information when it, when it, I guess it is all happening live? Is it mostly just through, you know, the typical social media cues or is that something that is going to change the, the look of uh, print arresting as well? One thing that we've done recently, which is different for us, is that we've never really been much um, to communicate with our audience through email. And so, um, being on our, our mailing list for email is really helpful. I mean, we're, we're still not planning on inundating people's inboxes, but we are going to send out a handful of emails over the course of the project. So that's, that's a good place to find out. But I, I think we'll be, yeah, using every means we have of sort of sharing it and kind of getting it out. Um, but hopefully people, people will help us with that. Yeah. The site will definitely be the hub and then we'll be feeding stuff to other kinds of social media to draw eyeballs back to that. Yeah. And the, and actually the printeresting website will, we're setting up kind of a, a new page to host the project. So it'll actually be ghost.printeresting.org. Um, and so it'll be nested within the larger site, but it'll be hopefully a place that we can maintain over time and sort of while the project will end, it will continue to exist as 
kind of a web destination that people could revisit aspects of the project. And are there any additional thoughts on this at all, or is it all pretty much covered? I think just to say that, you know, anyone who's interested in, in art, even if you are, if you aren't necessarily interested in print, if you look at our site, if you look at our archives, um, and you look at this project, I think you'll, you'll note that, you know, our, our perspective is not narrow and it's worth looking at if you're interested in any kind of creative pursuit. And I think one of the things that I'm hopeful for in this project is that by presenting something that's a little bit more open-ended in terms of the subjects that we're going to be addressing, we might attract a new kind of audience. And I think that just the simple idea of, of what we've done by reformulating our take on how to use the internet to deliver content um, I think is of interest to people too. So I just hope a lot of people will uh, will look at at the site and 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 hopefully get the publication and and enjoy it. And when does it all officially kind of launch and just kind of explode onto the <laughs> the interwebs, if you will, and and out into the real world? Things will start happening uh, in October, but the the real at the start of October, but the real launch launch date I think is the seventh. Is that right, Jason? Right. Right. Exactly. Excellent. So again, check it out in October on the 7th. And I want to thank everyone for taking the time to find the time for this conversation. Again, it was really interesting. Thanks, gentlemen, from Printeresting. Well, thanks for having us, Dave. Uh, thank you thanks so much. Very much. Thanks once again to Jason, Amzi, and Robert for joining me. You can check out their website, printeresting.org, and of course their new project, ghost.printeresting.org, and that launches October 7th, so please keep your eye out in social media for all the exhibitions, the catalog, and be sure to sign up for their newsletter and Jason did open the floodgates. If you have an interesting collaboration proposal, you can send it on over. I'd like to encourage new listeners to visit Studio Break's archive. Again, we've had a lot of interesting artists and guests. Some recent ones include Megan Cathal Bursett, who is a painter from Illinois, as well as Jason Franz, the executive director of Manifest Gallery in Cincinnati, Ohio. So please check those out. And again, any of the other episodes are available with images, links on studiobreak.com. Just scroll through the archives, or you can follow that link to the iTunes store where you can subscribe to the podcast and peruse all the ones that you've missed there. We do appreciate when people leave comments there as it just generally helps others from around the world find this podcast and hopefully find something else to listen to while they're working in the studio. So please help us out there. We do want to remind you that we are on Facebook, so please like our page. You can share interesting things on our timeline, and we do periodically share resources, announcements, exhibition opportunities, things like that, so please like our Facebook page. You can also follow our Tumblr account, that's studio-break.tumblr, and you can always send us interesting tweets at Studio Break. We love seeing artwork there and finding out about new shows, new exhibitions, anything so please send it there at studio break i'd also like to thank skylar mail he provides the music and the soundtrack to studio break and he's a multimedia multi-talented artist please visit his website skylarmail.com 
You can visit my website at davidlinaway.com. Again, I'm a painter, and I have a lot of work up there as well as some exhibition announcements and things like that. So please check out my website. You can also follow me on Twitter, if you'd like, at David Linaway. And that officially wraps the 150th episode of Studio Break. Once again, thanks so much for listening and helping to get the word out. It's much appreciated. We've had a lot of great artists and interesting guests that have come on, and I'm hoping that there'll be plenty of more. So please stay tuned for new episodes. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun, and it's always fun doing. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you real soon. I only listen to Studio Break.